Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 480 of the JV Club. It's Boys of Summer. I'm continuing on. Uh, listen, I misspoke when I said that I had collected the entire set of Hey Riddle Riddlers. I'm so very excited to welcome Arnie Parrott, who does all the music, the wonderful songs and theme songs for Hey Riddle Riddle. We had a blast talking, and I never should have said I'd completed my collection because that just wasn't accurate. So enjoy this episode. Um, Arnie's so funny and wonderful. I know you're going to really enjoy the app, and uh, I hope everybody's doing well. Well, first of all, I feel like I owe you a huge apology, and okay. I should probably apologize to Casey, too, because I made such a big deal about having podcast uh, podcasted. I mean, I just don't know how that works. Nothing about it, either saying podcast, but like that's in the past tense, yeah, or we've, podcasted. We've created they a both word sound wrong. that's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both sound wrong. Having acknowledged that, I made such a big deal about the fact that I had completed my collection of Hey Riddle Riddle people aha uh-huh. and you know it's not like i've had you or casey on that's true there's i mean there's there are five <sighs> of us who do the majority of the work and three of them are much more um you know loud and gregarious and and, and uh self-centered yeah. i will say uh-huh. than the mm-hmm. than um mm-hmm. than the rest of us and so sometimes yeah. yeah we do kind of get lost in the shadows but it's okay i am not so bold i am fortunately bold enough to just immediately get on twitter and start roasting your ass <laughs> how dare you i appreciated it i was delighted to hear from you we have always we already been acquainted with each other via the podcast yes and long distance I, we have already i've already flaunted your talents to the internet all over the internet and um, it was truly now. one of those things where my my heart did a little stop because i've been a fan for a while and so to see you you know, even just listening to my dumb little songs made me go like oh my god it's all happening for me eh. And so um, I girded the old loins and I uh, and I sent you a message and said, can I please be on your podcast for our first ever conversation? Yes. I could go. Well, off you understand the rails. that it's not worth talking about unless it's uh, oh, being gosh. recorded because yeah. you're an audio person and a music person and a performer person. Branding is everything. And I'm and I'm excited because there's a lot. I, there's a lot I'm excited to learn about you. Um, I will say that I feel like, and I'm curious if you are also this person. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure quite how to say this, though. Yeah, yeah. Do you find yourself to be a fan of a lot of sort of funny music? Or do you feel like you oh. are, you have a picky, narrow sort of corridor of what yeah. you do think is funny? I think... Comedy music as a genre is uh, an abomination and a blasphemy that should be shot into the sun and forgotten about forever. Um, if ever we lose the entirety of humanity, I hope no comedy records are remaining. Comedy music records uh-huh. remain, and aliens do not think we did that stuff. I would yes. say, in general, it's it's a it's truly a difficult genre to make work because you have to have two things, right? So, like jokes will carry you through one total listen of a song. Maybe two if it's like densely loaded with them. Mm -hmm, But in order mm -hmm. to maintain that, uh, you have to have actually good musicianship that follows it. Um, And so like, there are very few comedy musicians who I think nail this extremely well. And those who do, I mean, I think, let's see, who who are the best? Like um, 
Flight of the Concords, I think, was unbelievable at it. Those guys yeah. are incredibly funny. And also just musically, it's pretty cool, even though they're not like amazing like musicians. Yeah. They just like the sounds and the and the things they came up with were just really pleasing. And so their yes. music is listenable. I think yes. um someone like Tim Minchin is exceptional at it partially because he's just one of the best piano players I've ever heard in my entire life and his songs mm-hmm, are like that helps that helps your songs are like whirlwinds of of comedy and then layered with just like oh no one else can play like this you know so it's yeah. like it's like more of a wow impressive factor than it is like oh this is cripplingly funny right. and weird al that's probably it yeah. <laughs> you know like like that's i'm sure there are others that well, i'm completely forgetting no, about i'm excited what i would like for you to for, the person i would like for you to meet if you are yes, not familiar yes. with him is as my friend mike Furman, who is also extremely funny and i did a wonderful, do not know mike Furman, but i would yeah love to he hear did it. he he did a he's i mean he's also let me say this weird al loves him like <gasps> they're friends and mike is is a, a dear and darling uh very funny man, and he has a very funny um, album that he did for kids. But he's also like a, a fantastic musician. Um, that being said, yeah, I'm glad that you said that because I I don't ever expect to like something funny. Yeah. Uh, like I like I go in assuming I won't. Yes. Rather than assuming I will. <laughs> Hard agree. Yeah. Um, and so it's it, just such a pleasure that you are as talented and hilarious as you are. That's very sweet. Um, or this conversation would not be happening. Boy, can you imagine if I really bombed it and then just slid into the old DMs like, hey, I'm good. <laughs> I want to talk. Um, I can safely say the funny I was just thinking about this how like I've seen so much stand up you know I've been in Chicago for a million years at comedy nights all over the place and in general I'm already not super into stand up but it's pretty crazy how how as soon as someone brings a guitar on stage I get even more like I'm like oh uh-huh. god bring the stand ups back <laughs> like bring the like bring the like 17 year old kid who's never done it before back on stage I don't want to listen to this guy yeah. play the guitar uh-huh. <laughs> so how do you overcome your own and again, I say this as somebody who has participated in comedy music, mm-hmm. who's like has a, a real sense of pride about what I was doing because I the like first and foremost, I wanted it to sound like a real song and yeah. I didn't want it. To, I wanted it to like sneak up on you that there was something weird going on with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. But I also feel a sense of mortification about doing that in the same way I feel mortified about being an actor. And whenever possible, I do not use that word to describe what I do for a living. Sure. Like I will list everything else I make money at before I will list that. <laughs> so I'm just curious like how you have navigated your own, you know, like critiques of being part of that and like how do you how do you talk about yourself and doing those songs and like how do you like how did you get into it and do you do the same thing that I do where you sort of like talk around it because you feel like oh if I weren't me I would probably be thinking this right now yeah yeah I I definitely like will take the longest conceivable route possible and only through intense scrutiny and questioning finally (laughs) reveal the truth at the core of it you know when people are like Uh what do you do for a living it's so easy just to be like oh i'm a musician and then if they follow it up with like well what kind of music do you do you know i say oh all kinds i write for a lot of different shows (laughs) and they're like Uh oh what kind uh of shows and then i have to go like okay here we go and we're slowly but surely (laughs) revealing the fact that what i write for is like comedy podcasts Uh you know as i watch as they slowly lose interest and desperately find anyone else in the area to talk to um so the way i think about it is like firstly it's been a long time since i've written comedy music for myself and i don't know if i ever will again 
Um, I've mm. written several songs that I perform at the various like Renaissance fairs I do across the country. And those were very objective driven, yeah. right? Like when I was like, oh, I want to do a show. Let me write some funny songs about nerd culture and that are kind of like reflecting on this thing. And mm -hmm. those were kind of from a time in my life where I was sort of inspired by literally everything. And I was writing was fairly new and I just wanted to sort of explore all these options. Um, and also... Yeah, I mean, being extra critical of comedy music was kind of a challenge, right? It's sort of like I'd listen to people who had sold, you know, hundreds of thousands of albums and go like, man, this I could do this easily, you know, like like I could do this better yeah. than these guys could. And to some senses, I think I was right in, the, in that I think there are some things I do better than other people, but also it was just being young and not really understanding the scope of like, oh, these people are actually very talented. It's just maybe comedy has changed or maybe like audiences have changed, you know, and 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 what sure. I don't think is a funny song was actually very funny, but I just missed that boat. So like, I think for me, writing for other people, comedy music is much easier because someone gives me a concept and, and Aaron says, hey, we want to do a, a water park theme like that. I would never have thought to do that. Right. I would never think yeah. to myself, oh, what a great, funny idea. And then I go listen to like 10 different themes for water parks and ski resorts and go, this is hilarious. Like these are the funniest <sighs> songs I've ever yeah. heard. And then yeah. just like take a little time to try to synthesize it and write it and just try to make it sort of the best it can possibly be. Now, if my brand then became, oh, I'm the guy that writes water park themes, you know, uh -huh. I think I, I think I'm milked enough comedy out of one that I would never right. be able to do it again. You know, now <laughs> right. it's like if I had to write a second very specific comedy song, it's just not going to happen. Like, it's like, right. it's like I already thought of all the things that I think are funny. Um, that's it. No more. So uh -huh. <laughs> I think that there's some use in the fact that, you know, you can kind of hit a specific joke one and done and then move on. And I yeah. also think it helps an enormous amount that most of the songs I write are between 30 seconds and a minute. And I think <laughs> comedy musicians take note. Get Your in, song should be boop, 30 boop, seconds boop. to a minute yeah. long. Doesn't yeah. overstay its welcome uh, and is it, it is funny enough and then it's done. So uh. I think that uh, that the advantage of that format helps me a great deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you, I feel like I'm sure you've been asked this question a bunch, but when you did the song for uh, the Hey Riddle Riddle crew for their, what, what, like, what, was it their 50th episode? I can't remember, but it's sure. the one oh, that, you yeah, really, yeah, yeah. that you really just sort of ostensibly came into the room. I mean, this, I, this is so, let me tell you what's gross about this is uh -huh. that I am an improviser and I am used to people being like, and so how much, and so what was, what did you guys improvise and what was written? And yeah. you're like, no, I, I, that was an improv show. We wouldn't have written something and then try to pass it off as improv. Yeah, yeah. But like you did such an amazing job and it, things were happening so fast and furious in that room yeah. when those conversations were happening that I was just trying to figure out like what your process was from that point forward in terms of like, did you end up needing access to like the recording itself before um, you were able to start working or were your, was your shorthand that good? Because in my mind as a listener, I was like, there's no way he's going to be able to remember all this. Like no yeah. one writes that fast. Well, so I do. I did actually I, I'm sure it's gone now, but I did shorthand as much of it as I could. And I think so. I'm honestly not. I must have gotten the audio Oh, but also maybe I didn't because the thing I know is I went back and listened to that episode and I missed part of it. Like you there did? was a section that I missed that they oh, talked about that, that I just didn't do. And I don't know oh, what it okay. is. You know, this is a million years ago, but I remember being like, oh, shoot, I screwed that up. But I do know that I went home immediately after recording. It was either that night or the next day and just wrote it all out and yeah. was like, here it is. And I already kind of had the idea of what I wanted to do 
like I wrote that um I wrote that you know chorus. what we should explain to people yes. I, we should explain I'm so sorry I, I do this thing where I just assume that if it's interesting to me uh, and I know about it already people will not, will follow along but basically so Arnie does the music for Hey Riddle Riddle that's got to be clear by now and some other shows we'll talk about in a minute but they did an episode in which Arnie co- comes in and says you know I'm working on this song I need help with the lyrics and then Adol and Aaron and uh, JPC proceed to just vomit out stuff. Yeah. Um, um, which, of course, hilariously changes the entire sort of course of what the song was meant to be. And th- he has to incorporate a bunch of stuff, which then, you know, we sort of do a little like fast forward ahead to It's All Done plays right after that conversation and is so good and so funny. And so that is that was my my question as I just wanted to know like how what that process was like. And so that is what uh, I am finding out right now from Arnie, everyone. See, that <laughs> yes. only took like 30 seconds. I could have done all of that beforehand. Yeah, could have if been anyone st- wants to go ahead and rewind back and now listen to the conversation afresh, so, you know, the free. thing to do would be right here, we insert a song that summarizes that. <laughs> That's right. And I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm very busy. I'm um, just going to play that whole <laughs> long 10-minute part of their show <laughs> Yeah, that well, includes your song, and then we can come back to ourselves. It is. It is funny because... Yeah, so like I immediately, so at the time I wrote it, I was living with my sister and my sister is brilliant. And so I immediately played it for her. I was like, this is so funny. She's going to love this. She had no context for the episode and just sort of <laughs> stood there confused and silent and was like, "I really nice, nice job. And then I was like, oh yeah, of course, this makes no sense without the fact. And then she listened to the episode and went, okay, that was very funny. But when yes. you played it for me, it was just chaos that I was like, what does he think this is good? And so contextless, yes, that's another thing that that is it is that is a, it in my court for this kind of thing is like so many so many times context makes something funnier. If you have to write something yes. that's universally funny to like seven billion people, good luck, yeah. you know. But if yeah. you have to write something that's funny to this people who have listened to ten minutes of audio and then you do that, like that's a yes. slam dunk. You can't miss. Yes. Um. Yeah. So so yeah, I distinctly remember writing it almost immediately. And I came in with the idea for the chorus, right? So I know I wrote out that little, uh, if you were the darkness, I cast out the day. I wrote this out, like I wrote the chords. I knew that I, what I, exactly what I wanted it to be, this kind of yep. like semi-beautiful, you know, love song thing. And so I had at least like a format. And then I knew I'd just kind of go for like a Tyler, the creator style absurdist rap thing because that's the only thing that yeah. would fit their their ideas truly uh, to be completely honest i expected them to play ball a little better than they did <laughs> <laughs> like i went in going Fuck those guys no exactly i went in going like i went in going like okay these guys are gonna pitch me like they're they're funny you know they're gonna like we're gonna come up with legitimately a pretty good song that we can do and instead jpc and adel just aaron i think desperately tried to hold the ship together which is just yeah. kind of her whole job you know like, yes. like she is a superhero yes. for that alone but uh, yes. the other two guys just went full chaos agents and just covered me with shit and i remember yes. leaving that and being like you know what fuck you i'm gonna do a good job and then doubling down and being like now it's gonna be extra funny when i put so much effort into their absolute yes. garbage pile ideas oh, and uh and it worked and it worked out. really well yeah that's, that's one of my so favorite things i've written just because i never... know you're all listening to this right now everybody else who's not those three <laughs> and aaron you can just you know i'll tell you what aaron you can listen with one ear yeah jpc adult listen with both ears everybody else tune out for now Fuck, Fuck you, you guys. Fuck this. Come on. Come on. God damn God it. Damn Cooper, it. Be a team play. Come on. Come on. But yeah. Uh, so. Where 
where where where are you from? Arnie, please help me. Where I, did you go to high school, for I, example? I grew up halfway between Milwaukee and Madison in Wisconsin in a little town called Dousman, mm-hmm. which uh, I believe when I moved there at the age of four years old had around 1,200 people. Um, very small town, okay. very conservative. Uh, my family is not at all conservative, but we lived in the middle of nowhere, you know, and it's like small towns like that. You can kind of blend in with the background. Sure. And I went to high school at a place called Kettle Moraine High School, which was a uh, sort of an amalgamation of a bunch of different because there were so many small towns and so many small areas that like they all kind of fed into the high school. So I went into a small elementary school, but the four elementary schools in this county all fed into this one middle school and one high school. So the high school, yeah. I believe, was like about probably about the same, like 1,200 kids, uh, 300 in each grade. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I will say Madison and Milwaukee, once you get up there, if you're not a person from up there, um, up there. you find out at a certain point in your life from if you're, if you're from down down here, down where, somewhere, uh, you start to find out that a lot of the people that you like and think are funny um, lived in that live or live or went to school in that neck of the woods. And so sure. now like Madison and you know, generally like Wisconsin, Minnesota kind of thing sort of carries with it like, well, you know, the onion originated in Madison, like and yeah, all, yeah, yeah. all the mystery science theater guys I love so much. Like they all kind of came from and so that to me is actually sort of instant credibility. Um if <laughs> someone if I already like town. someone. Yeah. Well it's that it's that like when you if you have any positive association with something, especially if it's like this funny person happens to be from the general wash of this funny area. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, mm, of course, like I can. Of course, that makes sense. Whereas if you had said, you know, I'm from Austin, I would be like, of course you are. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like I yeah. can make anything make sense. Yeah. You would not have been surprised no matter what I said. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, of course. It's my job to sound like I knew this was all oh, coming all on this sense. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. It's Brilliant. really obnoxious. Brilliant. It's really obnoxious. And were you were did you sort of stay with the same group of friends that fed into that middle school and high school? Or did you have the experience of like once I hit high school, suddenly it was or I guess it's if it's the same middle school and high school, maybe things sort of of plateau in terms of like familiarity or how how you're known and who you're known by. Yeah. As that happens in, in middle school. I definitely had I think my elementary school friends were different than my middle school friends. I truly don't remember who I was friends with in elementary school. There was a kid who lived down the street who from cares? me. Yeah, they don't matter anymore. They don't matter Screw anymore. Them. I have a successful career as a performing Renaissance Fair musician. <laughs> you think I have time to talk to these these, these freaking elementary school friends? Uh-huh. Um, uh, no, I, I, I in middle school, yeah. I mean, I think that like, so here's so. I love meeting people. It's one of my favorite things in the world is just getting to know people and talking to them. And that's been consistent throughout my entire life. Like, just like I've always loved to like have a, you know, it's not that I have a super wide friend group, but like I have a few close friends, but there's no one who I really don't like and get along with, you know, like for them, as long as they're not like a pile of of garbage, you know? Yeah. But so I think I made a lot of friends in middle school or people who I would say I was friendly with. And then by high school, I think I'd whittled it down to, you know, probably like three or four like really close friends. And then I'm pretty sure we all just went off to college and basically never spoke again. I mean, I'm still like <laughs> like 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 passing friends with them in the sense that I'm friendly with them. But like, yeah. you know, I, I don't like check up on them too often. You know, I didn't go to their yeah. weddings, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And were you fun, uh, were you a funny uh, teen? Were you uh, there was one a of the distinct, funny ones? N- so I would say no. 
until something there was like a, a switch that fl- that turned on and hmm. it was because of a creative writing class I took um, oh. in, in high school this teacher named Mr. Weber I think you should always shout out the teachers that, that do a good job um, because you know well I like to do more than that Mr. Weber could you come in here we oh got a surprise <laughs> for no. you okay that would that would have been insane <laughs> that would have been the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire life um, he did a creative writing class and so I read it my, my dad was kind of like adjacently involved in comedy he worked with some some musicians and like like to read funny short stories and articles and books and so we had a lot mm-hmm. of like dave barry books around the house <laughs> we're gonna say it everyone as i a, mean as there's a, a specific da- yeah, type my of dad person loves who dave loves dave barry, barry right sure. <laughs> it's, it's and there was the Miami no Herald. often it's a dad yep. and <laughs> dave so, barry calvin yeah. and Hobbes. we all have the same yes. toolkit all of us have <laughs> the larson. identical to yes please don't omit gary larson <laughs> yes and please, monty and python you. shows and brit coms uh, yes we all have the same doonesbury when you're feeling political absolutely yeah got it got it got it yeah so we're all the same every single person is the same and that's what we've learned <laughs> um, everyone's identical and there's no right. difference in humanity at all uh, but right. yeah so I remember reading those and just thinking they were the funniest thing I'd ever read in my entire life we weren't yes. a big like TV family or a big like even a big movie family you know like we didn't consume that much like screen media just because and you have siblings sorry I have yes my I have a younger sister Claire um, who's okay, four years great. younger than me and so uh, we weren't like big consumers of that, but we did. We were encouraged to read those things. And so I would repeatedly get, you know, Dave Barry books or whatever for, for my birthday. And um, I remember reading those and thinking it was just the funniest thing I'd ever read in my entire life. And literally I would do that thing where I would try to read it to somebody else, but I couldn't get through it because I was laughing too hard. And sometimes that's like charming and endearing. But for me, yeah. I think I was like, no, hold on. And they're like, you, you haven't said anything funny. I'm like, I know, but I'm thinking about it's about to be so funny, you know? And so so we read those. And then in creative writing, I was like, well, why don't I try to write like this? And I wrote some story that was just, it was like exactly like if a like 15-year-old tried to copy yeah. Dave Barry's style. And yeah. so it was probably not that funny, but was certainly full of voice. You know, it was uh-huh. very like someone who had discovered this was an option. Probably way too th- long. Yeah. I don't want to think about Dave Barry's not being funny. I'm not sure if he is or not, but I... I think I want. I definitely want to hold on to yeah. thinking he's super not- funny because I think he's really nice. And yeah. I also, in knowing that he was in a music band with like another fa- couple favorite authors, like Barbara King, band from TV, right? Or yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so cute. I hope that he actually is genuinely funny. Like I hope it stands the test of time. I yeah. So I, I don't mean, think my dad has changed that much, and I think he probably still thinks DB yeah. is pretty great. All right. Well, so I guess. I'm never going to so read Dave Barry teenage. ever again. Um, never again. Don't take a chance. But yeah, I was going so you for were, that yeah, voice. So you, so, so you were like, and as my mom set down the milk in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yes, milk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I remember being like, I remember saying something about like Catholic, I because I wrote it about going to a church, going, of course, I wrote it about going to a different church. <laughs> you know, like that's what I wrote about Uh-oh, small town. Move over Garrison Keeler, by <laughs> yeah, the way. Here we go. Here comes the newest hot satire uh-huh. writer on town. But I remember going to like a, a Catholic church with one of my friends for an Easter mass. And I'd never been. And I thought, man, this is rife for comedy, you know. And so basically I just wrote about how I'll like the first person to make fun of the Catholic <laughs> I know, right? Here I was. I wrote about how like the Lord's Prayer was different, you know, or we can. <laughs> 
kept kneeling. Like, literally, I think I just covered every single generic cow. You're like, what are we doing? We're kneeling now? Okay. <laughs> you know, like, that was what I wrote. Making puns about, this. like, I wish you oh, had man, I'm sure my parents save everything. I'm sure it's available oh. to me. Uh, we'll see if we can find it and forward oh, it your God. direction. But Great. I'm pretty sure it was just full of, like, the worst jokes you've ever heard. And also, you know, like, a thing you do when you, only when you're first discovering you're funny is including yeah. a section of a story that is not interesting except you thought of one good joke for it. And uh-huh. so you've got, like, four sentences of nothing and then your one joke and it had nothing to do with the rest of the story, but you had to put it in there. Um, so this was, yeah, I remember writing that and then sending giving it to Mr. Weber, who was shocked that this quiet, you know, like I had so so my hair, I have super long hair now, but when I, my hair is short, I have like, like comically like cowlicks alfalfa style. Like my uh-huh. hair is just going every which way. And so yeah. this sort and of- And your redhead, which sort of well, adds to like- I have no brown hair, say? red beard. I'm wearing a hat. Oh, I see, Jennifer I see, I see. Yeah, you're hair. wearing a hat. But it's brown mm-hmm. hair. Oh, it's yeah, that's normal brown. generic brown. That's brown. brown. Um, but it. my beard is red for some, I don't know, Norwegian reason. I, I, don't, I don't really Got know it. it. Um, Must that probably is good for the Renaissance Fair? So. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, right. I'm, I'm super, I'm super dedicated to making sure I'm period accurate. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. But so I wrote that, and he was so shocked that this sort of very gregarious essay had come from this. He encouraged me to just sort of keep writing like that, and I did. And I didn't write any music or anything like that. I wrote one song in high school, I think, and it was equally as cringy. But you know, like, uh-huh. like it's what you're doing. Uh, so I think that was the moment I discovered I could be a little funny. And then I went into like drama club and followed the path of, I'm sure, every single other guest you've had on your podcast where we just, you know, went to theater school and learned the basics or whatever it is. And yeah, uh, uh, yeah. so it was probably like until 15 or 16 when I became like, oh, I can be kind of funny, you know? Yeah. I love that there that you sort of have this like point of, of origin, though. That's like I love... I agree with you about the teacher thing. Like, it's always kind of lovely when you have that singular experience or that singular yeah. person who's like, and they, I don't know, somehow the diamond in the rough. You yeah, know, that I, is exactly. He, he woke something up and I don't know exactly if he was just like accepting and just so like encouraged me to like, hey, you know what? Don't worry about the rules. No one cares about formatting, you know, like to blow the punctuation, blow the spelling. We're looking right now for you to just be interesting and creative. And I'd never yeah. had a teacher who'd been like, who told me that the rules were just so much less important than doing yeah. a good job, which is something yeah. I believed forever. My grades were terrible. You know, I didn't try in school. I didn't like that stuff. And it was largely because I didn't feel like I had any freedom to be creative. And he was the first person mm. who's like, I will give you an A if you just try really hard to be interesting, you know, like to, t- to tell your story. And sure. it didn't matter that, you know, like, sure, my spaces weren't right or I didn't double space or like no you know whatever like I didn't get any points taken off for that and so it made me feel like oh I can do this I have a voice I can speak this out and without needing to worry about all this stuff that every other class is like if you don't do this you will not go to college (laughs) you will not be successful you know and and so it was very it was really very freeing you know to have that teacher do that for me sure Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hey, it's John Moe, host of Depression Mode, a podcast about people's mental health journeys. Guess who we got? Guess who? It's Jamie Lee Curtis. I look at life now as the game of guess who, which is simply the process of elimination. I know what I don't like. That's how I found out who I am. 
Jamie Lee Curtis on addiction, show business, and fooling people, all on Depression Mode from Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. Did you did you play sports or anything like that? Uh, like I know you mentioned the drama club. How what was the rest of I played and, and that you didn't try in school. Those yeah, I things. certainly didn't try These in school. Takeaways. Big correct. And so far, uh-huh. 100% accurate. Um, <laughs> I played tennis, racket sports. So I played, mm-hmm. my dad and I would set up a ping pong table in the in the garage and we'd play ping pong back and forth. And then we would go to the tennis courts and play tennis. So I was a tennis player in, in, in high school. And I stopped by college, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. I never realized how unsurprised. I, I don't know. I say that I can be unsurprised by everything, but I am very unsurprised. Somehow, like the dad who puts who sets up a ping pong yep. table and loves Dave Barry. Yeah, those things still that all works. Yep. No, it's, it all it's uh, yeah. Works. The pattern is there and track. By the way, my dad, great ping pong player. <laughs> then we should all get together. We should He's all play. I love He's those a great games. Uh, and then, were you dating? Uh, okay, so this is... And here's I was, where I really drilled down. Oh, and just man, go here in. we go. Oh, no. Yeah, the well, claws are out. So remember how I said I would I, that the area was very conservative? Yes. So uh, I remember... And was it largely uh, Caucasian, by the way? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> not, a, not a non-pasty person as far as uh-huh. the eye could see. <laughs> Um, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's, there's nothing you can do about that, I guess. I don't know. Uh, you know, it's just where you grew up, but, yeah. um, I dated one person in high school and she was the president of abstinence club. <laughs> I knew you were going to lose your shit. Did I surprise you? <laughs> there you we gave go. it a perfect pause. That is this. I get again. That is the Dave Barry level pause that yes. you give when you're reading that story about the how you dated a girl who was the president of Abstinence Club. Uh-huh. Lean in, get yep. in as close as you can really the mic the without ruining going. it. Yes, yep. yes. Um, yeah. So, so there's an Abstinence Club. I mean, I don't think we had one of those, but I have. I'm famous for not, not remembering anything, anything about, about high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I at the time. I, I'm just in hindsight, I'm trying to think of what my parents even thought, not about me dating. Like, I, I don't you know, I don't know what they thought about me dating. But the fact that if you told me that my I don't have kids, but if they were like, oh, yeah, I'm started dating the president of abstinence club, I would skip right over the dating part. and Be like, OK, cool, cool, cool. What the fuck is abstinence club? Like, what are what activities do you do? And I yeah. do not have an answer, but I wish uh-huh. like. She had a shirt that said "Abstinence is sexy," which is the funniest shirt I have ever heard of in my entire uh-huh. life, and I want one. I feel like I've seen this shirt. I feel like I've seen this shirt. Well, they wore it unironically, and I don't know what they did. I guess just learn about things you can do other than have sex. I guess I don't uh-huh. really know anything about that. But yeah, we we dated for like a little bit in 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 high school. We were played romantic leads opposite each other in a little play called West Side Story. Yeah, that's right. Oh, a bunch of white okay. people doing West Side Story. <laughs> Couldn't do Romeo and Juliet. Had <laughs> yeah, to go no, no. with Had the, to do the intentionally musical. diverse version. <laughs> yes. And we were scrambling to find anyone <laughs> vaguely tan enough to play, oh, you know, and oh my God, it was, yeah, it was in oh, hindsight, no. like, holy cow, what on oh. earth? But you know, yeah, it's just, it's just small town Wisconsin, baby. We weren't allowed to do, sure. there was a play we tried to do that they had, that got cut by the school board, Brighton Beach Memoirs. It was cut oh, by sure. the school board because Please there's a scene about- Please don't tell me it's because I was too Jewish. <laughs> 
no, I honestly, maybe, <laughs> but probably <laughs> not. Uh, no, I think honestly, I think that that uh, my town is so podunk they weren't even good at being anti-Semitic. Like they wouldn't even recognize the like they wouldn't even recognize the tropes or the eye or whatever. They wouldn't be able to do that. They would uh, no. There was like a scene where he described masturbating or something like that, ah. and they were like, "Well, masturbation." That's so they cut like five minutes of the show that we couldn't do. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, and like, that's, that was this district, but then somehow like West Side Story was fine, you know, huh. uh, but that's just a uh, small town, Wisconsin, baby. That is amazing though. That is, uh, th- that is a classic example of, yeah, like someone kills someone, someone in the kills play we're someone. doing yeah. and there's gangs and there's all this and there's, yeah, there's inequality and there. Yeah. And then, but Please a sixteen, yeah, a fifteen-year-old yeah. boy talking about how he suddenly has like sexual urges is like, yeah. uh, I don't think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I wonder if there were books and stuff that were banned that you wouldn't, you didn't I, know about or wouldn't know about at the time you because know, I, it was I like, don't know. there have, wasn't an opposing force to make that public the way it is in like you know Georgia or something like that where there are like very different thinkers or yeah and i mean it was also like so i was like going to school just at the time when the internet was like becoming i like like connecting people and so like there still wasn't like a huge you know like like that wasn't super readily available you know so like now there's so much connectivity that obviously like a school that bans books is being you know protested in spain you know and 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 that was just not an option then you know so we were just our small town kind of living our lives and, and and devoid of all this context until i uh, you know, finally moved on and found bigger places to go. Right. And you said that you were not a family that did a lot of heavy consumption of like TV and movies. No, not really. We would watch. <laughs> it's like all so funny to me. And I'd say, <laughs> I think and so as I've grown up, I've realized my parents are actually very, very funny people. And uh-huh. um, I just didn't like they're like so it's like so like funny in such a uh, like a dry way that I wouldn't have even noticed it. And, you know, like didn't didn't realize it until later on. But uh-huh. we would watch like my we wouldn't watch things, you know, the 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 journey to cable was slow. You know, we didn't necessarily need that. But my dad would bring him and be like, I brought a movie home for us to watch. And we're like, kids are like, yes, finally, movies. All my friends have talked about movies. Uh-huh. And it's like La Dolce Vita he has rented. And we have to watch oh, no. like a weird Italian art house film about living in Italy. And he's like, look at these shots. Look at them, like people smoking and like long sections of silence. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, I want no. I want to watch a Disney movie. <laughs> like, yeah. I have all my friends know Disney. I've never seen a Disney movie, you know, oh uh, or we'd go to, we'd go to the theater in, in, in Milwaukee. There's a, there's a place called the Oriental, which is sort of like, it's like every, every movie theater that shows like alt, you know, like non mainstream films. We'd sure. go and watch like spirited away. You know, he brought us there to see that. It's not like he, he brought us amazing films to be very clear. Yeah. He didn't like, these are all incredible films. They just weren't things that I like really wanted to see at the time. and would actively complain about having to watch. And then in hindsight, I'd be like, I'm glad I've seen that movie. Yes. But yeah, we would watch, you know, weird films and he would rent things. You know, when Netflix became a thing, we'd get DVDs and he'd be like, this is one I've heard that's really good, you know, and occasionally he'd pick a film he hadn't seen. And my favorite one was, I can get vulgar on this podcast, right? No one cares. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Sure. So we re- he rented Elect. Uh, I don't know uh-huh. if you've seen this, the like Matthew Broderick film. I love that movie. So I, the fourth, he rents it. I'm probably like 16. My sister is 12. We're all gathered around. My dad said he heard this film was amazing. First thing that happens in that movie is it zooms in on a man's mouth and he says, her pussy gets so fucking wet. And immediately we're all like, 
white knuckled going what did my dad do <laughs> like, like what has he done and of course it's a wonderful movie but there is like some pretty that insane is, stuff and yeah that, yeah those are, those are like they, the they really challenge you yeah uh, from the jump but and then it's not that then it really is not that from there forward yes um that's really funny yeah do you think that it was i mean was he like i'm trying to understand the the thinking on on your dad's part because he had to know like that you were kids and that probably la dolce vita was not something so is that yeah. part of his funniness or is it like is no. he like listen i agreed to have children but i never agreed to treat them like children i i'm this is my house you know I and genuinely... if i want to watch a grown up movie like they're going to come along for the ride <laughs> yeah i mean so I'm certain that we didn't just watch those films. And so like like I, I I hope when he listens to this, he doesn't send me an email being like, How dare you? You know, like <laughs> but no, I'm 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 grateful for those experiences, but those are the ones that stick out just because I couldn't talk to my friends about them and couldn't explain, you know, like right. like anything about that. And I think that it was mostly just like I I think my dad understands he was a teacher for a long time, and I think that he just understands that kids aren't they can handle so much more than anyone ever thinks. And I think that also, you know, yeah. being in a conservative small town and having no access to like culture of any kind. And he grew up in Long Island, right? And moved to Wisconsin mm. um, after he discovered that he didn't like the city. And I'm sort of the opposite. I moved to Chicago after discovering the country wasn't for me. But I think he wanted to make sure yeah. that in this small town with no, you know, like the internet was still new, like I said, that we were getting access to things that were like, hey, this is art, this is culture, this is like the cool stuff yeah. the world has to offer. And even though you're 16 and, you know, like maybe you won't get this, like there are striking images. I mean, like the first two albums I ever got were from him and he bought me Pet Sounds and Rubber Soul, right? Like, like, like I got a, I got, a, yeah. I got two, you know, amazing, you know, greatest albums of all time. Like those are what he got me. So like, I think it was just a, just a desire to be like, here's culture, here's reality, culture or, here's cool stuff yeah. that you can learn from, you know, and I, I I, treasure that. Truly, I do. And if I have kids, I would love to do something similar to them. And I think that now I would actually, I think the shock value of it would make me laugh now, you know, and I think maybe he was being a little <laughs> funny, you know, like, but also just like understanding yeah. it was a good thing. I don't know. It was fun. Yeah. No, I, I love everything I'm hearing. Uh, side note, my dad, also a teacher. Uh, go to go ahead and check that box as well. <laughs> so we are the same. We are the same um, person. But uh, yeah, I, what, there are a couple of things that are coming up for me. Number one, like absolutely, I am so proud of the stuff that my dad exposed me to as a younger person in terms of music and certain movies and stuff. Although I don't know that I consider my dad to be a super art filmy kind of guy. He definitely was like, it was more just about yeah, the sort of like Mel Brooks kind yeah. of stuff, and mm -hmm. and you know, uh, the Dave Barry of cinema. Um, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but also like, what's interesting is what's interesting is like that you. I feel like there's a parallel uh, between. Okay, I have a couple things. Yeah, yeah. Let it's me get this show. out of the way. Talk, talk. Isn't talk. isn't Pet Sounds? Isn't it Pet Sounds and Rubber Soul that like they said of each other? Like Brian Wilson, was it Rubber Soul? Or is I that think it was Sergeant a, a Pepper. I think it was album. Pet Sounds and oh, Sergeant okay. Pepper. But I mean, like, yeah, they Brian definitely... Wilson was like, I was trying to make the perfect album, and then I heard Sergeant Pepper or whatever it was, and so I almost gave up and felt like this is it's yeah. this is too good. But you... then they said that about like one of them said about him. You are right; they are connected. It might be, I, I don't know the order, but you are correct in that they are somehow at least. Of course, they're related. You know, like 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 yeah. maybe not as directly as that, but I know for sure. I think Sergeant Pepper's involved in the like 
Beatles made it because they heard pet sounds and maybe they made it maybe it's revolver I don't know but you're right they are they are of the same revolver. ilk of the same mm, era revolver sounds possible yeah um so I had to get that it has nothing to do with you or me but also like seeing spirited away as a younger person for sure that is a thing that like that's the kind of thing I would have chased down mm. as a college student because my dad wasn't necessarily the go-to for more kind of obscure or foreign films and stuff like that and yeah. he's very cultured but like you know he's he uh, that's that particular thing was not necessarily stuff that he would that he would bring and so the, i associate that kind of and like la dolce vita like i associate that with almost like a rite of passage as a like going into college and being in college person being like i guess i love um obscure yes. film now yeah and so absolutely. i'm going to i'm going to come to this on my own and form my own opinions about this and i'm i i might mention it to dad uh, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. i happen to see a miyazaki <laughs> and he won't he may not know who that is of course um, yes. you know what i mean so it's interesting like i like sort of the context of like what like if that's what your if your dad was into acquainting you with that sort of thing, was there something for you that was sort of rite of passage that was like, I didn't find out about this from my parents. I discovered this on my own because I'm intellectual and, and artsy or uh, because I'm base and and <laughs> vulgar or like, was there something like that for oh, you? Oh, man, that's a great question. I can think of a few different sort of avenues for that to go. I mean, honestly... The very basic option is like, <laughs> like I didn't get into pop culture until I was in my twenties, and as mm -hmm. as like, you know, like like I didn't get into mainstream music, you know, like I would hear it and I wouldn't, you know, like there's just large chunks of like the '90s and early 2000s when I was growing up in Golden High School where I like have a passing familiarity with those songs, but then when I went to college, I would go back and listen to them and be like, oh, this was actually pretty cool, and so I think that like. But that's not that's like just sort of trying to cover lost ground and also my interest in like relating to large groups of people, you know, like I feel like there's things you yeah. just have to know. And so I wanted to learn that stuff and like those figure out why people wanted to listen to, you know, all this music and see these films. But I think the like weird stuff for me would have been like rap. I got like super into like mm -hmm. to like that makes sense. 90s and 2000s rap. And just would yeah. like listen to that. And that was something that my dad certainly had no experience in and no understanding of. And I wouldn't even really ever be able to play it for him because it was all so disgusting, you know, <laughs> like right. so vulgar. And even though, yeah. you know, like it's there's I learned a lot about like the artistry of, you know, to me it had it wasn't just like there's so much intelligent music in there and the writing oh, is yeah. so is so brilliant. And yeah. so it was like I was learning. I was discovering things that like were adjacent to my interests but yeah. that were but that were new and I was I was learning them. So I think that yeah. would I think like rap and like yeah, I think that kind of thing was like sort of the most adjacent that to like sense. this is the culture that is forbidden but also like not forbidden but just we didn't know about it and then when I listened to yeah. it I'm like oh this t this hits a lot of what I like. That totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. What was what was stuff that like what would you do with your buddies then your your oh, friends from high school? We what were would you guys all go do video gamers. Together? I am just okay. like from if there's one thing that has like been consistent in my life forever, I've just loved video games. Um, okay. and sometimes to a massive detriment, you know, <laughs> like like there's times when I've just played them for so many hours straight and 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 
you know, literally to the point of being like, am I addicted to this? Is this seriously a problem? Um, yeah. But we would just get together and just play video games of all kinds and talk about them. And like that was our until that was our culture. You know, that was what we okay. absorbed. So lot did you have that? Did you have something at home or did, or was no, it like I had to go I, to again, friends I would places. assume not because of your what, yeah. everything you told me. It didn't seem like that would necessarily jibe. With, I remember with... for my birthday, my parents going to Blockbuster and renting me a Nintendo 64 for a weekend. And I nice. played through Star Fox like a hundred times. And then the next birthday they rented it for me. They got me GoldenEye and then saw me shooting people and took it back. You know, uh-huh. not, not, not because once again, you know, I was just too, yeah. you know, that for them, like, you know, it's video games. It was, I was too young and, you know, I, I don't, I disagreed with their choice then and I disagree with it now, but also oh, I like man. understand where they came from. Uh, yeah. Seeing like red blood fly all over the screen as you're oh, shot in the sure. face. Um, so yeah, we, I didn't have a console. I bought an, a, the original Xbox with my own money on my like 16th birthday or whatever and started playing Halo like it was my job. And then, yeah, and so I just go over to friends' houses and play, and I would play on my parents' computer, and I they they tried everything to regulate it because truly it was a problem, and I was a total piece of shit about it. You know, I would just not, I would, I truly like wasn't until years later when I realized, man, I was such a challenge. You know, we'd huh. go for a family vacation. They, my dad, once again, we try to be like, we're going to climb the presidential mountain range in Vermont, New Hampshire. You're going to see sights you'll never see. And I brought along my Game Boy and I stayed uh-huh. in the car and I played Pokemon. Oh, you know, wow. and like, and like that, yeah. I was just like, I was a piece of shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's how kids go. That's what kids yeah. do. Yeah. Did you ever, ha- did you start to have a growing appreciation of the outdoors and the non-video games like that came to you on your own as um, well? I, I definitely appreciate it now. hate outside? <laughs> I, you know what? I kind of hate outside. <laughs> um, it's, I, I shouldn't say I hate outside, but like I am not, I, I do not think I'll make the transition back to nature person ever. Like it's just, it's, it's, I love the city. I, I think nature is beautiful and I do want to go see things and like I have an interest in learning about like you know the world and about uh, about trees and plants and and birds and things like that but I don't love camping I don't love spending my time outside you know like mm-hmm. I'll go do it and then hopefully return to some place with climate control and a stove right. and the ability to uber myself a burrito at 1 30 in the morning <laughs> you know these yep. are these are the things I hold dear I get it yeah many of us get that many yep. of us get that Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Well, Manolo, we have a show to promote. It's called Backdrop Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. No, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a, it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, I'm just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that, are we allowed to say that? I don't know, it sounds bad. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. It does not. <laughs> Come for the games and stay for the chaos. I need to get into the Smash game with you. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I feel like I'm... I've just been talking so much. That's the, I mean, I guess I'm, it is a show I mean, where this I'm is a show when I, supposed to talk so much. I'm sure some people would say I've been talking too much and this should be more about you. So don't Ugh. you worry. Okay. Um, I, uh, 
I'm going to I I know I promised that we would talk more about the um, some of the other shows that you work on. And uh, I'm going to do that as the sort of like vamping part of this mash game. Fantastic. Um, which means that you, that's that that's our opportunity, because I I definitely don't want to lose. Uh, an, I, I don't want to miss out on the amount of time to get some good answers and some good categories from you. And I Fantastic. certainly don't want to forget. Boys of Summer at the end because sometimes I forget to make people sing that. And, oh um, yes, that was the homework I was supposed your to way, do. So okay. I gave you some notice, but yeah. not enough for it to matter. Okay. Uh, <gasps> hastily is scrambling to find lyrics and doesn't need to because he has to focus on this instead. Yep. Uh, okay. So first category, I would like to do three. <laughs> I'm really gonna force something on you. Uh-oh. Three mus- three plays. It could be a play or a musical, but three theatrical performances that that exist now that you are going to have to m- create a satire of. Oh, um, yeah. And it does have to be full length. Yeah, I I'm certain. Okay, so I actually see what things I already haven't created a satire of I guess uh-huh. is, is part of it too have you have you created full length satires oh, full of like length? existing oh stuff oh my gosh no I mean yeah, I've had to gonna, do it's like gonna bits. be like you're gonna it's gonna be like this is the two hour version of the Harry Potter spoof kind of thing oh wow some things that I will have to other people are gonna make me do it or these are things I have the interest in doing which one well, is well yeah. you're gonna have to do them so yeah. it might as well be ones that you think would be fun okay yeah I would love to do a something some some ridiculous reality show because I don't really uh-huh. watch them, but I would love to do like Love Island, you know, oh, or sure. something where people make me write like, or I just have to write like a a dramatic like musical retelling of yeah. the whole thing, you know, oh, over the course of that. like a two hour show. That's um, great. I have never seen, I, so I hope you weren't uh-huh. hoping for things I've seen. I just know that I've watched <laughs> clips and gone that looks fine with me. That looks hilarious. Um, so that's probably me. one I'd have to do. Uh, right. I feel like, what else is, what's modern? Janet, what's <laughs> modern? What's hip? What are the kids into? Oklahoma? Um, <laughs> Oklahoma. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, West Side Story, West Side alive Story. and well. That's right. It's a new thing. They re- they did it See? again. Um, I would say... Someone at some point, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have to write. Have you ever seen the show, The Electric, uh, Mr. Burns and the Electric Play? The show about him. Uh-uh. Um, I don't need to explain it all to you, but basically, society ends, and the people who gather around the fire afterwards to try to maintain it, they have Simpsons scripts, and so they reenact uh-huh. the Simpsons. And then yep. it fast forwards to thousands of years in the future, and the whole culture is based off the Simpsons. I think right. that's going to happen with Hey Riddle Riddle, and I'm going oh, to have beautiful. to write, I'm going to have to write a musical synopsis of my own podcast. Someone is going, oh and, and literally, Wonderful. someone else is going to say, hey, we're doing this project, and I'll say, you'll only do that project if I'm involved. Yes. I will do it. Right. Do not hire another songwriter. Right. I am going to be the one that does this. Because I'm it. the only person who can do a good job. Um, right. So I'll do my own, so literally I'm choosing my own podcast. Great uh-huh. call, Arnie. <laughs> Incredible branding you're doing here. Uh-huh. And then I feel like there, if there isn't already, thanks to the overly litigious aspect, I feel like there has to be a, someone has to do like a smash cut version of like those phase one of Marvel or whatever, right? Great. Like, like, like there has to be like an adjusted abbreviated version of that whole thing front to back for people right. who don't want, who want to watch phase whatever we're in, but don't want to yeah. watch all nine movies in the first one. There's going yep. to be a musical made for YouTube that summarizes oh, the whole great. thing. Oh, that's great. That's great. Love it. 
Perfect. Okay. Three other cities that aren't Chicago that I can sort of, there's, you, you sort of have a, a door in your, your house. So you don't even have to leave your house to mm. then be able to walk out into uh, another city. Three cities that you would like to have another home that you can get to from your home. Another great question. I'm going to choose London and I'll tell you why. I've never been there and I've always wanted to go, but I've watched tons of Britcoms as a child. And so I feel like there's like a massive influence of England hanging over me. And of course, I can't help that as a a white colonizer. Of course, that's going to be an influence (laughs) hanging over my head. But, um, you know, like Monty Python and Hugh Laurie and, you know, all this stuff just rings around in my head. And so I feel like I have to go at some point. And why not have a door that takes me there anytime? Absolutely. I'm, I couldn't approve that more. Into the pram. Money. What's a pram? Yeah. I think that's a different. That's, that's like a, a baby, baby carriage. carriage. Okay. Well, yeah. I tried and I right. failed. <laughs> okay, right cool. in, straight into the pram. Popping into a pram on a wheel. <laughs> um, I don't do improv and that's with good reason. Um, so London, I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose Los Angeles simply because all of so many of my dear friends have moved there and I don't yeah. see them very much anymore. Um, yeah. And I would like Come to see over. them. I was just visiting, I visited Aaron in spring. First time I'd ever been to LA. Never been before. And how did you find it? Oh, a, a nice enough that you can see that you would be willing to go yeah. through a door. Into... Yeah. So I didn't. I, mean, I, I love LA, but I also hate LA. But I yeah, that is exactly much. how I felt about it. There's yeah. There were big, attractive things to it. I mean, certainly, as cliche as it is, you cannot possibly overstate how 75 and breezy is pretty good for your brain. And that is perpetually cool, especially coming from Chicago, where we have eight months of darkness in winter. I don't like how not walkable it is. I don't like the disjointed feel of the city being so wide and feeling like much less connected than any other place. Every archetypal complaint I had, you know, it's, yeah. it's the same thing I yeah. felt. But seeing my friends and being in a city that beautiful and also just like surrounded by, I mean, there's something about the fucking ocean, Janet. I don't know what yeah. it is, but just yeah. going and watching a sunset on an ocean just made me yeah. feel so good. Yeah. And I said, I already said I don't like nature. People are like, okay, this guy's a hypocrite. He seems like he <laughs> fucking loves nature. <laughs> but I don't know what it was. I just stood on a bluff and I watched the sunset and almost cried. And I was like, yeah. I could have this in my life on a regular basis. So yes, LA is I'm... one of the cities um, for those reasons. Great. And I'd love to spend more time there. I don't think I'm ready to move there, but I would love to spend more time there. Um, and then <sighs> nestled in, in small town, Ohio is a little place called Yellow Springs, um, okay. which is just a gorgeous little hippie town. And, um, it's very bougie and sometimes cute and sometimes too much. And it's just like, uh. I feel like I have to have some nature access and the easy option would be to go back to my like parents' house in, in Dowsman, Wisconsin, but there's just yeah. not enough of interesting things to do there. And I'm going to choose Yellow Springs just because I've spent time there thanks to the Ohio Renaissance Fair. And I just enjoyed right. walking around to all the various and sundry bars and being in nature and then returning to a beautiful farmhouse with air conditioning, you know? Great. And what kinds of jokes are made about why it's called Yellow Springs? You know, I haven't heard anyone make a joke why it's called Yellow Springs. Okay. Why don't people joke about the name of it? That's a really it's good point. Not, it's not a sexy piss culture. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's well, they a, definitely not are not everyone. a sexy piss culture. I'll say that. It's, it's um, not for everyone. You okay. know what's sexy? Abstinence. Uh, yeah, I, okay. I've seen let that. Let me get into this next. Yeah. <laughs> let, me get, let me get you. This next category, which is three foods that you can have whenever you want that are in this reality, perhaps just too sugary to eat too much of or uh, bad for the environment or bad yeah. for your body because you have allergies, whatever it is, all of that gets erased. Three foods. We're going to give them to you at the snap of your fingers. Zero ramifications. Okay. 
I have been developing an adult allergy to shellfish, and I miss having crab mm-hmm. so much. So crab is one. I loved eating like just like crab Great. salad and like crab sandwiches, you know, and even imitation crab. Like I just like that whole aspect of flavor. That's one for sure. Yeah. Two is. Wait, um, can you not have imitation crab if you have a shellfish? I don't know. Is there I, enough? So crab, I is there enough real stuff in there that? I literally had such a bad experience yeah. that I, that now the taste is just like even oh, if, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. even if I had it maybe I wouldn't have a yeah. reaction but like some part of my body it. yeah my body would just be like no 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 mm-hmm. no 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 you're not supposed to have this yeah um, that so totally I would makes choose sense. I would choose crab I would probably just choose custard just the generic right just pick a kind I used to work at a custard place when I was in high school it was called holy cow and it was run by Mormons Janet we just have time for me to talk about this um, <laughs> we do not have time because I will monopolize it with my Mormon conversation fantastic it was a called holy cow it was run by Mormons and I used to eat fresh custard as it came straight out of the custard machine and that is as close as, as you can get as a human to, to living well um, that is the the dream oh, so custard is another right. option and then um, I'm a I'm a perpetual sucker for deep dish pizza, even though you know it's so generic. But um, but I can't really eat it as I grow older because it is functionally a lasagna with butter and bread and everything uh-huh. like that. And now having it just yeah. makes my body seize up, and so I don't get to have it anymore. <laughs> but I want to gl- relive my glorious younger days oh, where yeah. I would drunkenly stumble home at three in the morning, grab some Chicago's to go, and eat two full slices of deep dish before passing out for twelve hours. Ooh. Um, yes, indeed. So there you Glory go. Those are my days. answers. I'm not going to be thinking Fantastic. about these too much. I'm just going to let them flow over me. No, listen. That's the that's the objective, and I'm I appreciate that. And learning how to great. improvise. Here I go. Uh, you're 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 kicking ass. Thank uh, you. Next category: three musicians, any era, any style, any anything that we're going to give you the opportunity to collaborate with. Oh wow, collaborate with on just something. I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> like we could make and a signature dish either. or something. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Exactly uh, right. I, boy, that is a very hard question. I'm just going to pick people who I admire who are working right now. Um, okay, great. I love Jason Isbell. I would love to great. work with him. I think he's one of the best writers working today, and he's super brilliant and incredibly um, just 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 a great writer, great lyricist. Uh, I'm going to choose Jonathan Colton because I grew up listening to his music a ton. And uh, he definitely influenced and shaped the way I write music. And I feel like I'm now so adjacent to him and have never met him, never spoken to him. And so terrified oh, that if I do. change that. No, dear, please don't do this to me, but a breakdown. Oh, so lovely. Uh, yeah. And I, I, his work was so influential to me as a young writer because I think he taught me how to write from a sideways angle. So like he would mm. take a subject that uh, that maybe was challenging or played out or or just like kind of a thing that didn't seem possible to write about and write about yeah. it in the most indirect way possible and I thought yes. that was uh that was I'd never heard anyone do that before. So yeah. angle sidling up to a song from the side and just surprising it, you know, I've like, never, like I've never heard anyone describe it that way and that's so well said. Yeah. So so I admired that a great deal and um I would love to I know I could probably literally play all of his songs right now. Like if you were just well, like grab a guitar, we'll we do the thing we'll do. We gotta get you on that Joko cruise because <sighs> I would love to do the Joko cruise. That would be crazy. Um good time. and then third, who am I gonna choose third? I'd love to pick someone who's so good that they scare the shit out of me and that I can't conceivably keep up with them. Uh, okay. I'm going to choose Chris Thiele. 
uh, mandolin player. Oh, yes, indeed. Punch Brothers and uh, truly just one of the most astonishing musicians working today. A million Point times out that better. There's a Prairie Home Companion yes, uh, component. Yes, everywhere so from you here. Are yeah, represented oh again from the yeah. northern states of Lake funny. Wobegon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm going to choose him because because I would simply not be able to hang, and that has always yeah. been valuable to me. Yeah, um, get that challenge. Get that challenge. I love it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, romance. Three people. I don't care if they're characters from movies or books or cartoons or video games. Three characters, uh, any age, any era, that you would like to have romance or sexy times with in this alternate universe. Mm, okay. Great question, too. I'm going to choose Natalie Wood. I don't know why, but when I was in high school, I saw a picture of like young film star Natalie Wood and thought she was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my entire life. West Side Story. Damn. <laughs> I'm doing improv. I'm bringing back callbacks. I don't even know I'm doing right. it. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, That's something right. about Natalie Wood uh, is insanely attractive to me. Um, let's see. Sexy times or whatever. I mean, I think it's important to think about sexy times leading into needing to have a conversation after you do it. Yeah, and so that's like a very big yeah. part. Um I'm going to choose Serena Williams because she seems I've always thought she was a fascinating, interesting person and then also she's so strong. She's yeah. so big and she's so strong and she could yeah. throw me off a roof. Or into, yeah. and just right into a garbage can. Uh-huh. <laughs> my dream woman picks me up, throws me off a roof into a garbage can. That's the only thing I want from a partner. Not Janet. even a dumpster. It's a garbage can. It's a garbage can. can. It's so comical. It's Looney Tunes. Yeah, she has course. the she ability. Of the she aim. has the coordination. She uh. could do it. So yes, I'm choosing uh, uh, Serena Williams. And then I'm choosing... This one has to be a musician. I'm I'm making arbitrary rules for myself, but I know that's Great. a fact I want to follow. I just because, that. because uh, I've never I don't think I've ever had a song written about me, and I love the idea uh-huh. of like sleeping with someone or dating someone, then being like, okay, we're both going to go our separate ways, never speak again, but let's promise to write one song that's vaguely about the other person, and then Great. just kind of quietly know that we inspired that. Um, oh, who yeah. would be Who would be perfect for that? I guess probably Taylor Swift. I right? knew it. I was gonna say <laughs> like, that's like perfect. I don't know that you're describing anyone but Taylor Swift. Yeah, I so, think it's got to be Taylor and Swift. And why the hell not? I mean, what a dreamboat! Oh, absolutely. Um, there you go. Those are fantastic. my choices. Fantastic, fantastic. This is so three fun. movies. Uh-oh. Movies you can jump into. You're not reliving the plot. You're not a character per se. You're just in that world in whatever context you would like to be in that world. In that world, in whatever context I want to be in that. Like world. you know, if you're if it's Goodfellas, I'm not saying you're gonna get shot. Okay, but, but what if people, I wanted people, to just sort of be shot? If you would like to be that, that's the place where you get shot and die. Serena Williams I'm all jumps for in it. and shoots me off a building into a garbage can. Um, uh, I'm gonna choose. Oh boy, uh, I've all, I, I'm gonna choose John Wick, and I'm gonna be like the guy that sits in the hotel and plays jazz guitar quietly while all the Great. drama happens around me. I make yeah, a ton of money. Perfect. I'm incognito. I'm set for life, and Absolutely. I get to see some cool kick-ass fights. I love um, it. And I take requests. Um, Great. And I'm jumping in as, as Arnie, just me with my normal skill set. I don't get to be like, and I know karate or like, and I'm a superhero. Well, let's do the, I, okay, the next category will be skill set, okay, like a great. skill that you great. don't have. And so we'll see, yeah. Well, I will, so the, I'll keep I'm it not, natural yeah. for this one. I'll, yeah. keep it, I'll keep it very okay. normal and very natural. But I'm saying like whatever you get, know that it will probably feed into whatever movie you mm-hmm. jump into. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're thinking with those things kind of having a relationship to one another. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. 
Stardust. Great. Right. This like oh, okay, this like yeah. this like yes f- high like steampunky fantasy world where like yep that kind of like like it's 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 that alternate reality. I'm gonna jump in there just because I think that's Love like it. so cool, um and just such yes. a such a neat that's nerd great. thing. Great pull. Um, so Stardust, and then I would choose a I would choose a Ghibli film. Um, and I'm not or, or Ghibli. I guess is probably what I'm supposed to say. I never remember how to say these things, but it is. I would pick. Any of those places, and I am just in the buffet line for eternity. The people okay. they get to draw the food should be in jail yeah. for like indecent. I mean, it's like literally every. It's I think it's a meme. I'm just I'm just reiterating a meme at this point, but it is a accurate, uh-huh. correct meme. The food looks yeah. so good all the time, and so I would yes. sit there perpetually stuck in the buffet line at the bathhouse and spirited away, just sort of going back and getting more <gasps> waffle fries or whatever they have there. Great. That's those are my cho- my choices. Okay, then we now we know three skills, three skills that you would love to wake up with and sort of have downloaded make, Matrix style. Okay, and these at. are are these skills that are exist in our current world, or are these like can they be anything I want? They can be anything you want. Okay, I would like to, I would like the ability to be able to locate or know where anything is. Great. I would like to simply be thinking about it, and then an image of it appears in front of me with directions on how to get there. Great. I would like to be able to understand and I would like to be able to understand and respond in any language. Um, Communication across all things. Okay. And let me tell you my reasoning for these things too. I think people go big with superpowers and that's a problem because you don't want the freaking Avengers or whoever knocking on your door. You want to be like a low key superhero with a power no one can use. You don't get called to save the world. You just kind of have a much easier life. Um, so those things, Perfect. and then uh, I think I'd like the ability to always just be a comfortable temperature. Great. And I can that's extend that in a little bubble around me. So it's perpetually, Ooh, that's it's, good. I can walk through the snow, I can walk on like the surface of the sun, I'm 75 and breezy the whole time, baby. I couldn't love it more. And I can bring one person along with me. Okay. Uh oh. Uh oh. Okay. Ten plus one. Yep. It's mm-hmm. never been done before on this game. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, and then okay. So final one. Let's do. Whew, three video games that you uh created. Like uh, they mm. exist now, and you love them. But um, all of the proprietary uh credit, money, and um notoriety is gonna just shift over to you. You're gonna be like, yeah, I created Halo. What? Oh wow. Um, I would love to have been involved in um, Red Dead Redemption 2. Great. I think that's one of the best games ever made. And um, I just would have loved to like be in all the rooms having the conversations and see how they built such a beautiful, detailed game. Yeah. I would love the access to all of that. I would choose... Man, I wish I had my Steam library open. Uh, okay. There's a game called Slay the Spire, which is a okay. card roguelike game. That um, I think is one of the one of the most elegantly designed games ever made, and Ooh, uh, I okay. don't think it's a huge team, but I think it's uh, it's 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 brilliantly done. Great. And then in that same vein, I think um, Subnautica is a masterpiece mm. of a game that um, I once again would have loved to 
all the all my answers is I don't care about the money or the notoriety. What does it say about me? I don't care about any of that. I just would have loved to be there with the people yeah. going, that idea is so fucking amazing. Oh, that's great. That's, I what that's I, wonderful. Those three games are the ones where I would have given anything to just sit in the room and listen to people go, how are we going to make this work? And hear them having yeah. their crazy, innovative ideas. And then someone just saying, yes, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And just being like, man, I can't believe this exists you know, in the world. I love it. I love it. I I love it. That shows that's a true enthusiast right there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, please give me a word uh, to help describe your mood when you woke up this morning. Nervous. Great. I mean, not great, but great. And uh, while I calculate your 100% guaranteed alternate universe mash mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. Uh, could you please tell people all the things we pr- made promises about? Early yes. in the podcast, like where they can find your various um, and wonderful works. I write a lot of music for a lot of different shows. We've mentioned Hey Riddle Riddle and all their various subsidiaries. I have written for uh, everything they do and will continue to do so until they uh, until they uh, have me killed off. Um, and there's never a great time to tell someone that's about to happen, but they have asked me to use this podcast oh, as the no. opportunity to do that. This is where I'm so dying? So I would get your affairs in order. Okay, well, I'm going to, yeah. And I've always wanted to tell someone to get their affairs in order. So <laughs> that's really what this has been about for me. And you said it with such, my gosh, I would never have I've guessed you I've been waiting my whole life it. to tell someone that I, they need to get their affairs in order. I would never have guessed that was your first time. That was so scary. I was Thank so scared. Um <laughs> I write for a. Uh, um, I wrote for season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern, which you can check out. I wrote their sailing theme as well as a few things interspersed in there. Um, I wrote for um, JPC's funny little side project, Bill Buds. It's a pop banger that I wrote that everyone says I need to make a full two minutes, and I'll see what I can do. I don't know nice. if I can. Um, and then the one I've written the most for is a show called Campaign, um, and and Campaign Skyjacks is the is the word that is supposed to follow if you're looking for it specifically. And that is all sky sailing music. So it's like uh, think shanties, but we put them in the air. Uh, this is mo- the large majority of it is not very funny. Uh, it's all just things I thought were beautiful, and I love the idea of travel and of you know the uh, the land and the sea and the sky and 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 just like the wistfulness of of, of old uh, Gaelic and Celtic and English sailing yeah. songs. So I wrote a bunch of music for that in in that genre. It was very very fun, and I'm still continuing to write it. And then I wrote one song for them that's called Otto Van. Von Veen, which is about a cat that likes to fuck. <laughs> Great. And I will be taking Great. no questions at All this right. time. Sounds good because I don't have time for them because I've got your 100% guaranteed future match future alternate universe match for the life. I'm clapping my hands. Yay. Let's go, baby. All right, I feel good about this. I, I, There's so much great stuff going on here. I'm not even sure where to start. I'm okay. going to... Go ahead and let you know that you have a beautiful apartment in Yellow Springs oh. that you can access from a surprise door in your own, your very own home. What a Suddenly, whenever you want, you are in Yellow Springs. I don't know if you're going to be like, I'm not sure what their level of awareness is about the Love Island satire musical <laughs> that you have been working on, mm-hmm. but um, I'm sure it's going to be. All a right. tremendous success. Fantastic. Thank uh, you. I also want to congratulate you on your work or just being in the room while others worked on Slay This Fire. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, fantastic. You have access to that. Uh, tap into that. Listen, maybe some of that uh, work product inspires uh, parts of Love Island. I'm not sure. Mm, I know that you have... Uh, 
And, and uh, by the way, I don't know that that is something that you're going to be collaborating with Jonathan Colton on, but certainly <sighs> you will be collaborating with him on something. It's all happening for me. It's all happening for you. It's all very exciting. You have uh, the ability to jump into, for example, Spirited Away and just mm. eat and eat all of the glorious uh, and sundry foods and treats. Um, you have access to those there inside of that movie. However, you do also have unlimited and perfect custard oh! whenever you want in the rest of your life oh, world. You know how when a coin um, is in the air and you call it, you know what you want? I wanted custard uh, the whole time. Yes, yeah. you got that custard. Oh, baby. And you also had, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. If somebody tries to, for example, hide the custard from you. Why would they do that? Rest assured, you have the ability to know where everything is at any given moment. I'm going to take them out. Whatever it is, wherever it is, you can help other people. Uh-huh. You can keep that to yourself. I probably but will. But you do have that ability. Okay. And I have to say, all of that is very attractive. So it makes sense to me that Serena Williams would fall in love with you <sighs> yes. only to eventually throw you into a garbage can. <laughs> oh, man. I hope she does it over and over and over again. <laughs> Right off the roof of the Yellow Springs Hotel. Oh yes! Congratulations, my friend. This is a big. This is a. This is a big day for me. I it's learned a, a lot day. so fast. It's kind of a big deal. Kind it's big kind deal. of a big deal. If you would like, because you don't have a choice, to oh. try to conjure up some piece snippet. Oh little, shoot! Little little tidbit of Don Henley's Boys of Summer. I found a guitar. Uh, I welcome it. Okay. I encourage it and I cherish it. All right. I didn't, I should have, I'm a musician. I should have prepared for this. Janet, I'm going to no, teach I'm you so a music you trick. Here's a music trick. Great. If you want to make people think you really know a song and you yeah. want it to still sound good, you slow uh-huh. it down and you make it sensitive oh, and you make it yes. beautiful. Yes. Uh, so let's see. I think so. It's yes. like, mm-hmm. I've heard this song like three times, <laughs> and one was on the episode I listened to of JPC. So this is the best. This is the best part. Oh, so one of them that you heard was him with his soundboard <laughs> doing <laughs> it as <laughs> the <laughs> angel <laughs> and devil. All right, so like, fantastic. Um, I'm gonna sing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hum into it. Okay, so here we go. Great. Um, Nobody on the road Nobody on the beach I feel it in my head The summer's out of reach Mm. (laughs) Winging up at home I'm driving past your house Even though I know that you're not alone And I can see you brown hair glinting in the sun you got your hair pulled back and you're smiling at everyone and I want to tell you that my love for you will still be strong after the boys of summer have gone after of summer have gone. Easy. Give me a hard one next Yay! time. <laughs> JPC, I know I said that you were the standing uh, champion. It, you're dead to me. It's <sighs> over. You That's and your precious final. soundboard. JPC beats me at every I, game from, we play. Uh, the second I end this episode, yeah. 
I'm telling you, uh, the second I end this episode, I'm going to forget he ever even did it. <laughs> People will be like, oh, but didn't you love JPCs? And I'll be like, oh, did he do it? I don't, uh, remember. I don't know. I actually don't even know That's who that is. That's how extreme this dismissal of it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to be like, oh, Jesus, Paul Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. Arnie, uh, thank you so much. This was uh, such a joy and Absolute a delight. Pleasure. And um, I, I loved it. And what a great way to fast forward and fast track our friendship. So I can't wait to hang out with you in person, hopefully sooner than later. And now the thing is, so when we talked about me so much that I feel like I know nothing about you. So now I have to go back and listen to all, how many years have we been yeah. doing this? Like six years of enjoy, this show? Enjoy the 400 and... 480 odd episodes of the podcast. All right, you can well, stitch I will... together everything I know about what it's like to go to church as a Mormon. <laughs> okay, so, okay, I'm learning. Okay, we won't talk about yeah. it. I always want to you talk. Got your but thank you, Janet. It, this has yeah, been so lovely. I appreciate right. it a ton. Uh, I hope to see you sometime when I come out to LA. Heck yeah. Everybody else, you know I'm going to talk to you next week on the podcast. The show is produced by Julian Burrell and Christian Duenas. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, remember one We could save kittens from trees MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.